One of the characteristics of the recent decade is an increasingly connected global community with some events that occur in one region impacting other parts of the world. And the business community, a recurring theme of the digitalization era, is improving the engagement with the customer and also business partners these days and employees. One of the revelations of the COVID pandemic is just how reliant we are on ecosystems of suppliers and partners to support the new customer engagement paradigm. Now, in this podcast for Future SISO, we are joined by Mr. Jeff Tromberg, the Regional Vice President for Asia Pacific and Japan at Ubico, who will lend his insights into how we can maintain a trusting relationship digitally and online. Jeff, welcome to Podcasts for Future SISO. Thanks, Ellen. Great to be here today. We often think of online relationships. When we think of online relationships, people tend to think about in a traditional sense. Why should businesses and their employees be wary of their online relationships with suppliers, service providers, and even customers? Yeah, look, I think, as you say, we we live in a, an increasingly connected world. And when we're connected, there are people out there trying to, to do bad things, trying to get access to our digital identity and impersonate us to be able to do certain transactions or, or steal money through, through things like ransomware. So there's always a downside. With an increasingly connected world comes a higher risk. That's part of the challenge. Speaking of digital identity, now that you brought it up, are online service providers, the people that allow us to access uh, either connect directly through messaging and or even the many of the SaaS applications we already have, business applications we have that are online today, are these online service providers generally expected to keep our accounts and our personal data secure? Well, I think that's certainly the expectation that we have as consumers and as partners in business. We expect the provider of that service to take the appropriate steps to protect that digital identity so that both parties can be assured that whatever transaction it is, if it's at a personal level, if it's sharing information with family and friends, if it's doing business transactions, that we can be assured that that transaction is safe and secure. In the security space, an often cited terminology is the perimeter, the security perimeter, right? Mm. And in recent years, especially with the digitally connected environment, that perimeter <laughs> has, for some people, disappeared altogether. And this new word that came up a few years ago is zero trust, or, or mm. a decade ago, but it's now more prevalent this year. It started up as not necessarily an alternative, but an add-on to help prop this security perimeter. How does zero trust negate the shortcomings of traditional authentication methods? Yeah, look, your point's very valid about the perimeter. And you know, in our world at, at Ubico, we say, you know, identity is the new perimeter. Because we're all working remotely, we can be working anywhere. So that perimeter is no longer the, the physical bricks and mortar of our office building, but it is our digital identity. And you know, zero trust is a framework. As you say, it's gaining currency and momentum. And it's really just a, a set of philosophies or best practice principles to keep us safe and secure online. It's based around that premise of trust no one. So you need to validate the trusted identity before you commence any form of transaction with your business partner or your online service provider. An observation that we've noted is that increasingly as more cyber attacks occur, some targeted at the individual, some are targeted at organizations, we are starting to see an encouraging call to action for service providers to improve how they keep their services online safe and secure from predators. What's your view on this? What should be the call to action we need to aim at these providers? 
Well, the zero trust, as I said, is it's a framework or a mindset or a model to, of best practices around security. And with identity as that perimeter, we see certainly the, the logical step to get started is secure that perimeter, secure your identity. And that is around authentication and use an authentication technology or technique that is secure as possible. So there are many forms of MFA available today, but we would suggest you know, moving to a phishing resistant form of MFA, such as a security key based on the, the FIDO standard or pass keys. But you're securing that identity with as strong as authentication protocols as you can is a very, very good start. Now, about a year ago to this month, you and I spoke about FIDO standards and pass keys. Oh. It's been a year and technology has moved quite a bit already. Give us an update on FIDO2 standards as well as how secure are pass keys. Yeah, look, um, it was an announcement about 12 months ago, as you say, that when we had Google, Apple and Microsoft all come together and make a joint announcement that they were supporting this push towards pass keys or the FIDO2 standard, which underpins the term pass keys. Now, pass keys is a phrase that's coming into the, the vernacular. We start to hear more and more about it, but what it really means is you know, it's a FIDO2-based phishing-resistant authentication. So since that time, it was earlier this year that Apple announced that it would support security keys to secure your Apple ID and your Apple account. Microsoft have had this around for a while, and Google, who you know, Ubico invented the first FIDO standard with Google back in 2012, but they sort of upgraded their stance as well to support pass keys on the Google ecosystem as well. So you know, when you cover those three, Google, Apple and Microsoft all supporting pass keys, we've got a pretty large percentage of, of the market covered. I think it's about 90% of the, the world's online systems are working on one of those three different platforms. So I think that's really significant that not only has the announcement been made, but we're starting to see traction in the marketplace as well. And of course, that's that brings the other players along, the partners that provide you know, identity access management systems, other online services. So there's a real momentum starting to happen now around the use of and deployment and availability of, of pass keys in the market led by those three tech giants. I'm happy you're saying 90% of uh, the people that go online may be protected, but there's still that 10% that could kill us. <laughs> if anything, oh, yeah. It's still that's, exposed. that's the long tail. Yeah, we've got to get that. <laughs> What does the broad move towards passkey spell for businesses and users in our part of the world? Yeah, look, I think as it's wind back and you think about the, the purpose behind passkeys and the FIDO Alliance was to make logins highly secure and phishing resistant, was to make it easy to use and available at global scale. So the announcement, as I said, uh, that's great news. But in our, our part of the world, it's the same thing. It's now available. It gives us as the business user, us as the consumer, the opportunity to do away with clumsy old passwords and adopt a better, more secure approach. So so, you know, we're not immune in our part of the world, in the Asia Pac part of the community. We're subject to cyber attacks just like everybody else. So the opportunity to embrace a different and a better way exists for all of us. Yeah, they, you mentioned the word embrace. So it's, it's an option for people to consider. Speaking of which, what would be some of the key hurdles to a passworldless future? And how could mm. users and businesses overcome these? 
I like to think of this in an economic sense that you've got supply and demand. Uh, and on the supply side, we've done really well. The likes of the whole Fido Alliance and the tech industry coming together to say, hey, passkeys is a really good thing. They're super secure, they're convenient, they're available. So here they are. Now the challenge is on the demand side is us as consumers to take that up. So it's really about awareness. And do we force that top down? How do we encourage adoption? That, I think, is the challenge that we're now facing. Now, speaking of how, in your opinion, why and how should industries, businesses, and organizations in APAC see a wider adoption of and access to passkey security? Yeah, look, it, it can be you know, the, the carrot and the stick, certainly in, in businesses. And you can take it from a point of view as a business. You can say, look, I treat security seriously. I'm going to enforce this passkey logic across my whole business. So you're going to take it because we have to. You can take the, the carrot approach, which is making it easier and saying, hey, do you want to do away with passwords? Wouldn't that be a great world to know that you can do away with passwords and be secure? And then people can, can get excited about that. So it's a combination of those two that will encourage the adoption and make us really want to embrace this, to know that we can be safe and secure online in the increasingly connected digital world. In terms of technology, Ubico is one of the technology companies and there are lots of technology companies out there. What are the major tech companies doing these days to make us change how we protect our online relationships? People don't like to change, right? No, <laughs> change that's right. is always a yeah. problem. And that's that's part of that challenge of, of making the change. I think there's a growing realization that you know, to do nothing, to stay with usernames and passwords is not good enough. There's a growing realization that, and you know, we talk about implementing MFA, multi-factor authentication is a good thing, but not all are created equal. So there's a growing realization that we need to move away from those legacy forms of multi-factor or second factor authentication towards something that is strong and phishing resistant, such as passkeys. So that mindset is starting to get there. The technology is available and it's how do we encourage adoption that's through you know influence we can influence our government and regulatory bodies to encourage this we can educate through sessions like this and talking to our peers at industries and conferences that it is available it's not difficult to deploy and the third thing is there an enablement how do we make it easy to deploy and you know at ubico we're spending a lot of our time and focus now on the services to to facilitate deployment to facilitate usage and think about that whole life cycle rather than just here's a product so that those are the sorts of things that i think we can as an industry consider to really push adoption and, and make people realize that there is a better way and it's not quite as scary as we might think it could be now we're selling this story to CISOs and CIOs and all that. Yeah. Any best practices you can share for CISOs in terms of introducing and even demanding from suppliers the use of passkeys? And perhaps the other part of the story is how can they get buy-in from CIOs, the IT team, and the C-suites to introduce and adopt these, make it mandatory yeah. if possible for everybody? You know, best practices, I think we're starting to see that evolve pretty clearly. It is phishing-resistant MFA is the answer there because it is stopping, you know, 90% of these data breaches, by, which are coming from increasingly sophisticated forms of phishing attacks. So as a best practice there, yeah, the technology around you know, FIDO2 or security keys such as a YubiKey is, is really becoming obvious. Getting that buy-in, as I said, you know, there's, there's the carrot and the stick. From a CISO point of view, you can say that, 
you know, this is the, the way forward. This is best practice, and we're going to do this across our organisation. You can also look at it from the economic point of view as well, and building the business case to do for this change is becoming easier, and we've got some great references available as to as how this business case makes a difference. If you think about cyber insurance, if you've got a stronger cyber policy, around phishing resistant MFA, for example, we're seeing that uh, the, the insurers take a better view of you and therefore your cyber premiums can reduce quite significantly by adopting better security posture. The reduction in workload for the IT departments because you're not having to do password resets, you're not being fixing account lockouts, that's a significant reduction in workload. And again, our research says that that's around 90% reduction on that workload. So that it is a significant number. And what can you do with that? You, you're going to see increased productivity because the IT guys can get on with doing something meaningful rather than resetting uh, locked out accounts for people. So, so there's multiple ways we can look at that. And I, and I think from a CISO's point of view, it's really important to leverage all of those and see which one's going to resonate best for your organization. We're coming down to the end of 2023 and 2024 yes. is just around the corner. What's your expectation as far as the security landscape, including the adoption and use of passkeys or ways to better protect our identity and our access to critical systems? I think it's a continued adoption and you know, we're at the early stage of that a traditional adoption curve. So we've got some early adopters out there who are taking advantage of this, enjoying that. As an industry, we want to sort of take those cases and share them, share that knowledge. And you know, as we said earlier, really get people to understand that the change is not so hard and it does bring with it quite a lot of benefits. So I think that's really going to be the, the focus for the next 12 months is, is accelerating that adoption and using the, the various tools and techniques that we've got available to us as an industry to get the message out there to educate the market that there is a better way it's not so scary from an economic point of view it does bring a real positive business case so that's going to be a lot of the focus that we at ubico are going to be taking is is making and accelerating that adoption as much as we can jeff thank you for joining us on podcasts for future saiso been a pleasure alan thank you so much that was Jeff Schumperg, the Regional Vice President for Asia-Pacific in Japan at Yupico, on the topic of why having zero trust in online relationships is a good thing. You are listening in the podcast for future SISO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future SISO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future SISO. Bye for now.